Take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. How you doing, Todd? Good. How you doing, Jeremy? Oh, I'm good. Good, good, good. We're uh, Friday both talking morning before. Came really early this week. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just going to say. Before we hit the record button, we were both <laughs> saying, oh, my goodness, it was a tough one getting out of bed this morning. Oh. For, for those that don't know, we actually record this at, well, it's eight for you, is that correct, in Tennessee? Yes. And seven for me. Uh, the first thing in the morning on a Friday is when we record, that way we can get it done, out of the way, it doesn't break up our day, and then we can get on with things, but yeah, I felt I felt the same way, man. <laughs> like, I, I woke up a half hour before we called each other. I try to get up at least that one cup things? of coffee before, but, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say I usually don't even talk to anybody till I've had at least two, and it's for the best. <laughs> Did get my latte in this morning, though. But how are things going for you? It's been a really quiet week. Uh, went to a, one of the small lakes in town with the father-in-law fishing. Uh, Not right day on. This week. Uh, yeah, because I've always liked fishing. He has, too, his whole life, and. You know, he's getting older, not not got too many fishing days left, so we took him fishing. Mm. We're going to try to do that uh, as often as we can this year because I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Comes for everyone. And I know that uh, something interesting happened for you this week. Yes. Uh, a f- couple of interesting things. Um, like, you know, it, it's interesting. Like, as a parent, you always want your kid to do the things you do or like for anything, I think. You know, my interests, I really always hope the kids will be interested. And often it's a, it's, it's a high likelihood they will because, you know, they want to be like their parents and they see it and that's what they grow up with. But for years, I've tried to get my kids into dirt bikes, motorcycles, and... I don't know. I think we've had their first bike bought for them. I don't know, like five, six years ago and maybe even longer than that. And they've always had a chance, you know, I'll find a really smoking deal. Like, uh, one guy across the street one time, he had, it was a little pit master bike, one of these little Chineseium pieces of junk, but still they were like sized appropriately for my kids. You know, my kids were like six, eight. And, uh, he said, I'm throwing this thing in the trash. Do you want it? I said, sure. So you don't want anything for it? He goes, no, it's garbage. It won't run. I said, well, what if I get it running? He goes, good for you. <laughs> he goes, I'm, he went out and bought his kid a Honda. His kid was a little bigger anyways, <laughs> but took this thing, cleaned the carb. It needed a new gasket because it, I don't know. It was a really easy fix or a new O-ring or something. Something in the carburetor wasn't letting the, it was leaking the fuel out. And so it would start, but when you get, gave it gas, there's nothing there. And so fixed it, got him on it. We'd go out to my parents' house, right? Because we lived in town at the time and Ah, they kind of thought it was neato burrito for like 10 minutes and then they not interested. And then they kind of showed a little bit interest a little later on, right when we moved out to our land here. And so we bought them a little Yamaha RT 100, a little two stroke. 
And a nice running little bike is like an is an older one. It's from the 80s. But a part of it might have been there's only one bike, but they'd ride it for a little bit. And then, you know, they'd take turns, blah, 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 and put it down. And I don't know what happened because I've always been a motorcycle fanatic. And I, you know, I'll watch motorbike racing on TV. Uh, when there's motorbikes on the road, I always look at it. I say what it is. You know, I just love motorbikes. And um, last couple of weeks, I've been like obsessed with motorbikes and dirt bikes. I'm like, you guys should get them. And they're like, yeah, we should. And so, anyways, they've been working. And I, you know, our little guy, he has been working. You know, they do the sign stuff, Etsy stuff. And um, so he paid for half of his bike. And then uh, we had a certain portion of my daughter. She needed a better flute. Like, I guess flutes have like different holes in them and stuff. And flutes are, like, they're bloody expensive. And so, anyways, we paid for a. A, a significant portion of her flute and then it's it's always you're trying to be fair with the kids right like you know the boys got into guitar they bought their own guitars we didn't reimburse them for it so he said well if you guys want to buy dirt bikes we'll give you the same amount of money that we gave out for, for a flute for your dirt bikes but they still end up spending like well over half of it so um i haven't shared all of them yet but uh we got two new dirt bikes my, my kids two suzukis and then this is an angle I've been working for years and years and years, but I got myself a little dirt bike too. Well, not a dirt bike, uh, a DR650, so a dual sport motorcycle. And, uh, oh, I'm so stoked. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that was my big deal. But we were talking before uh, we hit record, and, uh, you know, I'd sent you a picture of that bicycle and the price of bikes here. Uh, yeah. I just was going to share with you. So we've been... So we also have, like, my daughter wants to get a dirt bike now. So we're looking for something for her. And then um, Kobe, my oldest, he wants a dirt bike too. So right now uh, it's Foster and Isaiah that have bikes. And they go out, like, the day after they bought their bikes, they rode for, like, it was at least eight hours. <laughs> Just around and around. They're making these tracks and out there with shovels and making little jumps and stuff. And so we're we're trying to find two more dirt bikes. And... We'll find one, and it'll be for sale, like a decent, you know, maybe 2006, whatever, blah, 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 doesn't matter, 2500 bucks. So email, hey, we can come pick it up. You know, I got a trailer. When can we meet? No response, no response. Like three hours later, it's the same bike, but it's $3,000. It's actually the same ad because I can favorite the ad, and then I look at that one, and it's like, whoa, it just went up 500 bucks. And then it's like, hey, still interested. You know, I see you change your price, but I'd take it for this. Let me know. And then an hour later, it's 3500 bucks. And I'm like, this is just disgusting. And last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, looking for dirt bikes, four bicycles went up over $1,000 because the interest is so high. And the person will respond say, yeah, the interest is just unbelievable. We went into GW Cycle World, was where I bought my CBR back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, and I bought my first crotch rocket. They have four bicycles on the showroom floor. And they're not a huge dealer, but usually they would have at least 100. And there's four of them. <laughs> it's just insane. And like I sent you that picture, the, the Karampus, for 2200 bucks, And it's, you know, like you're saying, People are just taking advantage of each other right now. It's just unbelievable. It is. It's crazy. Is it? Is it like that in the U.S. too? Oh yeah. Like I said, I, I thought I moved to the to the country, right? Oh no, I moved right into the yeah. middle of 
the Dixie Mafia because everything in this area is overpriced. Everybody wants a million dollars to do nothing for you. It's just crazy. Hmm. Like That's if nuts. like you know, I it's no secret I've been, you know, shopping for a truck for a little what you know, about six months and in this market, in this area of Middle Tennessee, they want, you know, probably anywhere from two to six percent or more higher than the rest of the country. Hmm. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I thought that you know, That's crazy. Uh, Texas was bad on truck prices. Uh. Uh-uh. No. Hmm. Um, so they say that's the next shortage coming. Um, oh, who's it going to talk? Oh, the, the gentleman, yeah, GW Psych World, because the kids, uh, needed to get some dirt bike helmets and they have to buy that all themselves. Like, uh, and all their maintenance, I said, your tires, everything, you guys have a job, we pay you well. So this is all you, you know, but, um, talking to the guy, they're short. I'm like, I can't believe you have no bikes. Uh, they've got a decent selection of accessories, you know, parts and all the accoutrements that go, helmets, gloves, all that. And he was saying that I guess in, in there's three Ford plants that shut down uh, because they can't get chips from China. The the ECMs and, and stuff. They've got they've got like parking lots just full of brand new Fords that don't run yet because they can't get the electronics in. And GM, I guess, they're selling some of their trucks right now and they're kind of in a weird tune state because they don't have the proper ECM or whatever installed and so they'll sell you this truck and then when they get them in you go back to the dealership and then they'll put them in and I guess they're even allowed to some because right now they're not like uh, emissions compliant they run terrible but they say like used trucks the prices of them are just starting to go through the roof here and I don't know if it's as bad there I think we're like getting further and further apart I used to think Canada and US were fairly similar but like with our restrictions like they're locking us down again uh, today's the first day that restaurants are closed again. Uh, it's freaking ridiculous. It's, ah, I, I hate it. Um, like, you know, that church where that pastor got arrested and put in jail yeah. for four weeks, drop charges. Somebody went to, they don't know who's responsible, but they put a barricade around the church now. So there's huge chain leak panels and they're all locked up. Uh, and they said uh, that who, these people who has the resources to do that. Really? Oh, yeah. we don't know who did that. Uh, exactly. And it's like Adolf Hitler was here. <laughs> he may as well be the same damn thing. Like it's out of control. And and they said uh, the health department says, well, nope, they weren't doing a good enough job controlling their numbers. Well, then give them a fine, right? Do the proper ways. Go through the courts. Okay, they got a fine. They have to pay this fine, or else they can hire a lawyer and represent them, and they can fight it because the Charter of Rights and Freedoms says that you can't tell them they can't meet there. Like everything going on in COVID in Canada is direct violation of the way that this country is set up. And it's, I know a lot of places in the U.S. are just opening up again. And I'm like, man, if, you know, I feel like, oh, it's freaking Nazi Germany is what it is here. It's absolutely disgusting. And oh, like we had, uh, I have a friend who owns a gym in town. I used to go to the gym, I used to do videos for her. And they're told again, nope, you're shutting down. And so she sent out, uh, she wrote a really, a letter and she said, you know what? She goes, I will not shut my gym down. Um, she said, if you feel like 
if, if you're concerned about this third wave of COVID that we have coming through, uh, let me know and I will reimburse your membership. Uh, she said, if you do come to the gym still, we don't want to be like obnoxious and boisterous, be polite, clean, you know, follow the guidelines, social distance, you know, but she says, I'm not shutting my gym down. She said the, the thing people need right now is to build their immune systems. And one of the very best way to do that is to exercise. And, um, oh, it's just insane, man. It's, it's just, it's getting, something's going to snap here. I think, I don't know. I, I don't, ugh. It's kind of easy. Like I get really worked up about it, and then I'm like, you know what? It honestly doesn't affect me because I, I don't. We don't go to restaurants much, but it's the fact that it's happening, right? So I'm always on the fence. Like, do I take a loud stand? Do I make noise, or I just be like, so? Do what you want. I'm not going to your gym. I'm not going to your restaurant, anyways. And I don't know. It's just it's the principle of what's happening that's scary. You know, even though it's not affecting me, I'm like, oh, I don't. And that's I don't the like problem. What's going on. And that's yeah. the problem with the silent majority in both of our countries. Silent yeah. majority. Oh, it doesn't affect me directly, so, you know, whatever. No, it's not whatever. It's a principle. It's violating, you know, your charter of rights and freedoms, our Constitution. We need to get out and do something about it, but we're just, you know, I'm not going to say we're too lazy but too disinterested, too disconnected from it. it, mm -hmm. it ah. yeah. The problem is the silent majority is there's things are too spread out uh, and it's not affecting everybody at the exact same time like the tax on tea did, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the only true. way that you would get a uproar right now is if, you know, you outlawed the internet and Doritos. <laughs> and Starbucks. Oh, I'd have a, I told uh, my uh, <clears throat> father-in-law, because they're opening a new Starbucks in, in uh, Cookville. And I'm like, yeah, that's Starbucks is an, your indicator of how many liberals there are in your town. The more they open, the more liberals there are. Because I don't know anybody else other than an idiotic liberal that would pay $9 for a burnt cup of coffee. I would. I, <laughs> I love, I love and Starbucks. And I know not talk. everything Starbucks sells is like that because some of their medium brews, I you know, if they're the only option, like in an airport, they're the only option, but... If I'm just out and about, they're my last choice simply because oh. um, their politics and, you know, screw it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't wear yeah. Levi's anymore. I, I don't drink Starbucks and I won't shop at Walmart. So Yeah. I'm voting with my um, pocketbook. Yeah, yeah. Two days ago, stuff was in town taking the kids for like music lessons and she went oh, you know what? i got some time to kill so she's gonna go get a starbucks and <laughs> she drives up there and there's a sign that says sorry we decided to close at noon today i hope this didn't cause any issues <laughs> like the starbucks in strathmore the employees there are like they're so willy-nilly it's like we decided to take the day off and like literally they do that <laughs> it's just like oh I guess Starbucks is closed today and they live in this, like after this pandemic. And then as soon as these Serb checks, these like 
support checks from the government were available, the Starbucks was closed for two weeks because these kids are like, hey, I got money from the government. I don't, I don't need to go in today. And so they just don't open the store. <laughs> oh, it's just all these little, oh, it's so funny, millennial hipsters. I've known some of the kids that have worked there, and there's, I think they've all moved on. there. But there were a couple really good kids that worked there, but... Honestly, I think the crew that they have at our local Starbucks is just like so free and like uh, devoid of reality. And it's like, hey, you have a job. You need to open your store. Oh, no, it's a really nice day today. This is the first really nice day of spring. It's 18 degrees. We're just going to shut the store down. Let's all quit at noon, guys. Good idea. <laughs> and then they do. <laughs> oh, and, you know, funny. you have a you have Tim Hortons as well as. Well, you have Tim Hortons available to you, so I know I would never go to Starbucks. Yeah. Tim Hortons is pretty good. Apparently, it's it's owned by a foreign company now. They sold it. I think it's owned by China or India or something. It's not even a Canadian company anymore. Isn't everything? Yeah. Just about? Yeah. yeah. No, I drink Tim yeah, Hortons every day. Do you? Yeah, I ordered uh, either... Uh, Already ground Tim Hortons or the K cups. Yeah, yep. yeah it's, it's good coffee, isn't it? It's just the right I, amount. I of, love it. Yeah, it's not watery. Like I noticed, like the further south you go, the weaker the coffee gets. At least that was my experience. And this was, I guess, kind of before Starbucks time. Like I remember Montana, most restaurants had a decent cup of coffee, and then you get down south, like towards California or Texas, and it's like. I always remember telling, like, I could drink a cup of my coffee at home and piss it out and it'd be stronger than this. <laughs> like, it's just, like, brownish colored water. Looked like, yeah, but, um, yeah, well, I like back the, in the, the day, Tim's, it's The restaurants would have bad coffee, but, you know, you go to somebody's house, that was different because, yeah. you know, making coffee at, at, at the restaurant's a business decision, mm-hmm. but... You know, so I'll use the same grounds three times. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know a restaurant you drink? who did that, by the way. Really? Yeah. That's nasty. And they use the same tea bags. I'm like, <laughs> you're gross. You're just gross. That is gross. Well, we only use them twice. Well, yeah. you're a moron. I always thought it was weird, like, when you see, like, a grand- one of my grandparents or something take their tea bag and they'll set it to the side and then they'll... An hour later, they'll make another cup with that bag. It's like, tea bags aren't very expensive, you know? It's like, you're saving a five cents. Different different type of thinking. But how much coffee do you drink in a day? It depends on the day. Yeah. I, you know, normally two or three cups up to, you know, five, six. And then I'm, you know, really wired. But Yeah. Just depends. If I'm working, I mean physically working, or doing something that on the computer that I'm uh, like building a a database or something, it takes a lot of mm-hmm. mental power. I mean, I just suck them down. Huh. But if I'm just if I'm having a bad health day and I'm just chilling watching YouTube, I might drink two cups. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm working, I'm sucking them down. Right on. What yeah, about you? Good. Uh, probably the same. Well, no, you know, I I used to drink a ridiculous amount. Like when I was a teenager, I'm not exaggerating. I'd drink about 20 cups a day. 
Um, when I lived at home with my parents, I had one of those little, you know, the little four cup coffee makers, little tiny ones. Yeah. Same size you get in a hotel. I had one of those on my nightstand, and every night I'd have it set up. My alarm would go off. I'd hit snooze, and I'd hit the flick, flick the switch for the coffee. So by the time the second alarm came on, it was ready, and I would <clears throat> take that and I would drink that before I had a shower, and then I'd have two or three cups with breakfast and. So I like actual mugs of coffee, like 10 to 12, but based on, you know, a cup size, at least 20, like measuring cups of coffee a day, at least. Uh, now, not that much. Now I make, you know, I make a latte first thing when I wake up. And then I usually have, I always do Americanos mostly because it's, although I think we're going to get a, a coffee maker, like a drip maker, 10 cup, 12 cup, because the boys drink a lot of coffee. And I thought, you know what? I always, I always liked, you know, you go to people's house, like for get togethers and there's always coffee on, right? So you want a coffee, you just grab it and pour it and it's sitting there. I mean, too long and it starts to burn, but man, I think we should get one of those because the boys drink probably two, three cups of coffee every day. I drink two or three a day. I used to drink like all through the afternoon, evenings, and I still don't find it keeps me up at night, but I just don't have any more. Usually like... Usually the last cup I'll have is with lunch. I'll have like, depends what we're having for lunch, but often I'll make a coffee for lunch. But I, I actually, it's rare that I have more than three cups of coffee. Now, on Sundays on a weekend, if we're just chilling, oh man, I'll just pound them back. I'll just make Americano, Americano, and then I'll do a couple lattes and, oh. Do you have a latte machine? No. Um, it's just normal Americano for me. Um, yeah. I like some <clears throat> different kinds of coffee. I just don't know how to make them right, you know. Uh, yeah. Like when I was uh, when I went to Italy, when I was in the Air Force, went to Italy the first time. I I got hooked on espresso. Uh, yeah. But you know, if you're over there, you can only drink it certain times of the day. Otherwise, they look at you like you're you have two heads. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but. Uh, you get an espresso in most places in America, and you're like, "What? Did, what? Would you give me motor oil?" Yeah. But over there, it's not. It's strong, not bitter. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Uh, and then they have something like an espresso in France, but I don't know what it's called, and it was just disgusting. Well, uh, hmm. of course, I found most things in France disgusting. Yeah, including yeah. the people. But now the little, and I've told you this before, the little hotel and restaurant we stayed at while we were there, the people who owned that were just phenomenal. Uh, And I've learned, I learned so much about real country French cuisine. Uh, Yeah. It was just amazing. But Hmm. I didn't find coffee in France very intriguing at all. Uh, Hmm. Coffee in Italy was really good coffee in Turkey was, uh, will just melt your stomach out. Yeah. Uh, that's what my parents said. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what my dad says. If you use the plastic spoon to, to stir it, man, that thing's gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> you give it two swirls you, in the, if espresso is concentrated coffee, their coffee is concentrated espresso. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what my parents said. Oh, and uh, that's crazy. But, I mean, whatever. I mean, they 
whatever. Um, yeah. English coffee was just not almost non-existent. And then when you did get it, not so great because they're not at that time they weren't big coffee drinkers. You know, more tea, mm-hmm. but I think that pendulum is swinging now, and most of England is coffee drinkers as well. Hmm. At least hmm. some of the younger people, the millennial, uh, are getting to be more coffee drinkers. Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't had hmm. coffee in South America yet, though. It's uh, <clears throat> it's on the well, at least like in in Venezuela. Um, so we were in Rubio, Venezuela, and they, it's mountainous and there's actually a lot of coffee, um, farms and plantations around. Uh, we'd tour a bunch of them. Uh, but South American coffee isn't the actual bean itself. The fruit itself is not the best. Uh, those are Robusta beans, which are typically, uh, they're just not rich in flavor. They're kind of weak and often like for, for stuff like Folgers and, and some of the, you know, the less fancy, huge brands of coffee, uh, they'll use Robusta beans as a filler. So they'll have like 70% Robusta. And then usually it's from like Africa that the Arabica beans come from. And those are the good tasting beans. Like that's where you get yeah. those really nice, rich flavors. Uh, so South American coffee, if they make it with their local beans, it's like tea, basically. It's not strong at all, but... Um, you can get good coffee there. We had a little place that's called Le Petite Poupée, which means the little dollhouse in French. And, uh, the guy that started, it's a little bakery and he actually went and studied in France. And, um, <clears throat> we'd go there every morning for breakfast, dirt cheap. Right. And then we'd get these, oh, just the best pastries and then really good lattes, like good, good lattes. And almost everyone in town. They've got their latte machine and then a whole bunch of stand-up bars. And all the businessmen will go there. They'll get their latte and they'll pay for it. And they'll hold their briefcase. They won't even set it down. They'll stand there and talk to each other, finish their their latte, or very often just straight espresso in these small cups and set them down then go to work. And it was like, it was crazy. It was a like constant stream in and out. Not not like a Starbucks where people are like hanging out. People sit there and talk and, oh, hey, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. They'll drink it quickly and then leave. It's so good. Oh, I loved it there. But... Oh, another good place I had coffee was uh, Portugal. Was where's that? Portugal. Portugal. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I. They called it Americana, but uh, it, yeah, there's nothing Americana about your coffee. Why is it bad? Hmm. Oh no, it's like. Wow. Good. It, I mean, it. Yeah, it's just awesome. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the other things that Portugal was famous for in the culinary world, I'm not a big fan of, but their coffee was really great. Some of their dried sausages are great. Their Portuguese version of like prosciutto is, was good. It was just more robust, more, hmm. you know, smack your palate and yeah. say, hey, the pork's here. But mm-hmm. uh, similar, like their... Uh, the crap they make out of guts and blood. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Do you uh, do you ever get like fresh roasted coffee? Have you ever had like coffee that's roasted within a week? Only in fresh? Africa. Mm. The only time I've had um, that I know of 
you know, like roasted was in Africa and it was uh, really good coffee, but I associate it with, uh, you know, a horrific continent. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I, how can you make you such know, really great coffee, right? And then go genocide the village next door in the afternoon. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for a while there, I'm not quite as, I don't do as much as I used to, but I used to be really into roasting my own coffee. And, uh, you know, you can buy these small roasters. Uh, there's a few ways you can do it. A lot of people come up with these DIY ways of like lightly roast them in your oven and kind of shake them all the time or, People use a popcorn air popper and try it that way. I've tried all that stuff. It doesn't work that good. Uh, but for not a lot of money, you can buy these little tiny roasters and you put in like maybe half a cup of green beans. You roast them. It expands to like a cup or a cup and a half of roasted beans. But uh, you, you, you're not supposed to uh, use them right away. You have to let them sit usually for about 24 hours. Something that kind of happens, the oils kind of go back into it. I don't know what the deal is, but man coffee that was roasted like two days ago fresh roasted coffee it is so much better than something that's you know roasted even a couple weeks ago i always tell people if you ever have a chance to have like fresh roasted coffee and we've got a lot of coffee shops around here that do it now but the difference between fresh roasted coffee and like regular coffee you just buy at starbucks is the same difference as like a fresh loaf of bread right out of the oven and a loaf of wonder bread from the gas station like they're two totally different levels, you know what I mean? It is no, so yeah. delicious. I mean, oh, the I, coffee you know is all this about covers. the essential oils. That's where the flavor is. Mm-hmm. And know, oils people, go b- rancid, right? Yeah. The longer they sit. Oh yeah, and the longer you roast a coffee bean, people, the darker it gets, the less essential oil and the less caffeine, caffeine. is in <laughs> your coffee. I know people. No people are like, wow, this is a dark rose. It's got so much coffee. I'm getting hopped up. It's like, uh, nope. no, you're not. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> not the coffee. Up. It's the 17 teaspoons of sugar you put in it, idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you take sugar in your coffee? Oh yes, but oh no, only a tiny, only a tiny bit, because you know you're 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 uh, dealing with the bitterness of of you know, coffee that was ground, I don't know how long ago. Uh, yeah. And I take a little bit of milk or cream, but that's just my preference. And Yeah. I can still taste the coffee. You know, it's like, uh, uh, I, somebody, uh, oh, who was it? I forgot who it was, but, you know, they were just vehemently against anything in coffee but water. And I'm like, well, that's you, you know, not me. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you do that? You're ruining it. I said, dude, you drink Jack and Coke just like I do. Why are you ruining the Jack by putting Coke in it? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, shut up. I'm like, I can tell you why you do it, you know. You put it, Yeah. it's still going to be mostly Jack. You're just putting Coke in it to take the crappiness off of the jack flavor and uh put a tiny bit of that sweetness in just not enough mm-hmm. to make yep. change the taste of the 
you know, of what it is that you're doing. You know, it's just like um, drizzling something with olive oil. You're not changing the thing you're drizzling. You're just adding a layer mm-hmm. of flavor, yeah. you know. And, yeah. you know, salt and sugar are things there that open your taste bud. They wake them up. Mm-hmm. Little and that's why if you salt something, it tastes better or different. You know, not different, mm-hmm. different, but you know what I mean. It livens it up mm-hmm. because it your a salt and sugar slap your taste buds. Hey, wake up, stupid! Mm-hmm. Food's here. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a. Uh, I cannot handle sugar in my coffee. Like I won't drink it. And the one thing that's weird is that in Canada, like you go to so Tim Hortons, if you go to Tim Hortons drive through and say, "Could I just get a uh, a medium regular coffee?" It will come with two milks, two sugars. How do you take your coffee? Regular. That's two milks, two sugars. Not weird. <laughs> yeah. So if you want like one sugar and one thing, of, like one little thing of milk, you'd say one and one. Could I get a large one and one? Um, oh, or, or no, maybe it's, I'm wrong. Regular is one milk, one sugar. So people are like, I'll just get a large regular coffee. So it's one milk, one sugar, and then double, double. Tons of people order double double, so two milks, two sugars. I've heard guys go and be like, "Can I get a large, large triple triple?" I'm like, "That's disgusting, man!" Like, there's almost less coffee in it at that point. But I'm, uh, uh, if it's a good coffee, I prefer it black, uh, as long as it's not super strong. But if if it's kind of like whatever, even like, a, you know, like a greasy spoon diner coffee, that's not a that's actually got a good flavor, even if it's not really strong. I'll take that black. Um. This is a true story, really quick, and it has everything to do with what you're saying. Um, The wrong kind of guy got a job at a Starbucks in Washington, D.C. He had no top knot. You know, he didn't have... uh, (laughs) He didn't have a pencil mustache, okay? He was a dude. He was a man's man. Yeah. And again, I don't know how he got a job at Starbucks, but the guy I used to work directly for when I was at uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, he uh, he ordered his fufu drink and uh, some caramel thing with a bunch of sugar, right? Yeah. And the guy said, you know, repeated it back to him exactly like he said it. And then he goes, yep, that's what I want. And the guy turned, without skimming the beat, says, would you like a skirt with that? <laughs> that's right. And he thought, I know. the guy thought he meant the little paper, the cardboard tube <laughs> that came around that protected your Sleep, hands yeah. from being burnt. And, yeah. he, and he said, yes. <laughs> you know, he said, yes, because, you know, I don't want to burn my fingers. And the, yeah. and, uh, the, the guy said, he just he just turned around and said, the guy's order, and then, what did he say? Uh, and serve it with a lace doily. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I, and when it was my turn, and I just said, you know, uh, medium roast grande. And he, he's like, and? I'm like, a lid? And he's like, "Yeah, good for you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know it's. How did you get a drink here? Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know what's too bad? It's like, so Starbucks has their Pike's Place roast, which in my opinion is absolutely disgusting. I hate it. I won't drink it. And they used to always, like I'm going back like 15 years ago, maybe, maybe only 10, but they used to always kind of rotate their roast, right? So they'd have like the Sumatra and then this yeah. and then that and all these. And it was fun because it was like, oh, okay, let's try this one. And you get your favorites and you come in there. But now all they have is Pike's Place. That's it. Because nobody actually orders coffee at Starbucks. It's always like this half fat, double fat, triple, quadruple, macchiato, hoopla, blah, 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 and all these other fancy words. Like you say, you go in there with a man bun and that's what you order. But it's like you want a coffee and it's just this terrible Pike's Place. Like I, I won't drink that one. Um, often the medium roast is a little bit better, but it's too bad because it's, it's not about coffee. Like Starbucks coffee roasters isn't about coffee at all. Well, the worst you know, thing. about all these dessert drinks. The worst thing that uh, they've done at Starbucks is they bought Seattle's Best mm-hmm. and ruined. First, they they stopped production of Uncle Henry's blend, and then when they brought it back under a different name, it was a completely different blend. Mm-hmm. And they even said when they bought Seattle's Best and they paid too much money for it as far as what the company was worth because they were stealing too much of a market share in certain geographic regions. And then uh, our government buildings, like the Pentagon, started getting more uh, Seattle's best kiosks than uh, Starbucks, right? And Starbucks mm-hmm. like, oh, we can't have that because what's next? The airports? And, yeah, they started to get, oh, nope, we're going to buy the company and just crush them because yeah. our blends are all about profit. I don't care what we say in our press releases. Uh, and I don't know. I don't care how many uh, Colombian farmers they put on uh, camera saying how great they are and how much profit sharing there is. What you don't see is the guns behind the camera making them say it. Yeah. Because yeah. they're just royally hosing those people. Because um, if you talk, if you look at what they're getting, what they call a Fair deal. Fair trade, yeah. No, you're, you're giving them pennies yeah. from what you're making. And it's the same thing with, like, grain farmers, right? Like, you buy a box of cereal and it costs you $5. What the farmer gets in there is not a penny. It's like a cent, not even a cent worth, right? Well, um, Not that that's a great example because, like, yeah. cereal is pretty terrible. It's just full of a bunch of fluff and garbage. And the tiny little bit of grain, but even in your bread, you know, you buy bread, three, four bucks a loaf here now. The farmer, so much of that that is grain, transportation, and taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, the food that we buy at like at a grocery store, a chain grocery store, most of what we're paying for are transportation, labor, and taxes because you know taxes and unions are killing us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but. Oh, I want to throw in one quick recommendation, just Go just ahead. for kicks. Uh, coffee YouTube channel. I put a few videos up on YouTube about coffee, and so then I started getting recommended more videos. But there's a channel. The guy's name is James Hoffman. That's the channel. Uh, interesting guy. He's a British guy. Um, he, you know, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but actually, he knows what he's talking about, and uh, he's got a cool channel. He's got like seven hundred and some thousand subscribers. And his channel's all about coffee. 
And uh, but he he knows his stuff. Like if there's certain technical things, like if you want to learn how to use a certain type of a brewer, like okay, how to use a mocha pot or mocha pot as he calls it. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of really neat ideas and and different ways of doing it. And he was like a very high level competitive barista. So there's a recommendation. Oh, no, the, very uh, good audio. What's that? Oh no, good. No good audio. Uh, and his videos and, and good, like his production value is really high. And he's not like, oh, super, like, I, I, I don't mind his channel, actually. Like, not necessarily like my type of guy. He's very prim and proper British guy. But uh, I actually like his videos. So there we go. I just want to throw that in there because we're talking about coffee. Before we moved on to whatever we move on to. April 30th at 9 o'clock in the morning, I start getting high-speed internet. I just want to throw that really? out there. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, they're gonna. I think they think what they can push out here. They think what they can push out here is two hundred fifty meg up and uh, or down and uh, forty up. I'm like, that's insane. Well, in town they got um, one and two gigabyte down. Seriously, we're so far out. Yeah, we're so far out that uh, they they don't want to sell me a plan that they can't honor. So, yeah, he said you might on a good day, no wind, sunshine, you might get more Hmm. than two hundred and fifty. But that's what we can guarantee on most days. See that you don't even need that much though, like. So I'm just doing, I'm actually running a speed test right now. My download is 23.7 megabytes and I'm about six upload, which is pretty slow. But when I run this test, see, so I I run this and it says your your internet connection is fast. (laughs) It should be able to handle multiple devices streaming HD movies at the same time. So that's 23. If you're getting like 250, that's pretty ding dang donkulous. Dude, I get seven up, or um, I get seven megabytes per second down, and point six up. That's crazy! Right now, I'm amazed that our conversations get. go so well. Wow. So you probably get a lot of choppiness in watching YouTube now and then. I get. Uh, because of the videos, the kinds of videos I watch are outdoors. I get so much pixelation when they're in the grass or the trees because, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of detail yeah, in there. There's so much of the same but different. It, it just blows it out, and I get just giant swaths on the screen of, of pixelation. And it's really yeah. annoying because I'm doing what YouTube wants people to do. I watch YouTube on a big screen TV. Uh, smart oh, okay, TV, yeah. you know, they and maybe you, think they maybe you know, maybe that? you don't. But I got a question uh, to the world at large. Uh, my YouTube feed for the last month or two has been really weird. I, I'm going to say screwed up, but really weird. Um, I'm I get the same. 11 videos recommended to me every day for two months. Hmm. 
and there's not anything I'll watch. And I don't know why it was ever recommended to me. One of them is some chick that does some sport fishing in a bikini and her husband films her butt while she does it. And I'm like, why am I getting this? I don't look at anything like that crap, you know, mm-hmm. cause I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not about that. And, uh, uh, about a, six of the other ones I've seen, you know, I watched a video when they were first posted. I don't need you to keep recommending them. Hmm. Um, now, and as much as I love this channel called Simple Little Life, I've watched all of his videos, and all of them have been great. Um, uh, not all of them. <laughs> but I keep getting recommended the your most recent, you know, how to make a Kydex sheath right after the EDC knife video. Those yeah. two keep getting recommended to me. That's weird. And I'm like, you know, but I, I've had that too. I've and watched actually them. show. Yeah. Now I have. Yeah unsubbed quite a bit of my uh the channels i've been subscribed to because they have started to royally pee me off um by either changing into something they always swore they weren't going to be mm-hmm. we or like in the case of wrangler star caught him in some <clears throat> pretty horrific lies um well, hypocrisy, I'll say that, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So I just unsubbed him completely. And now, while I was subbed to him, I bet you he was never recommended. Now that I unsubbed, he's recommended, like, on every line. I'm like, yeah. really? Do you, do you click, you know the three dots, when every video, when you see it, and there's the three dots underneath each video? Yeah. And you can click it, put it to your watch later, or not interested. Oh, That'll don't get rid ever of that. click not interested. Ever. I find it works because they don't just take away that video or that person's video. It they take away like you know I like a lot of machinists, but there's mm-hmm. one or two I've unsubbed from like Joe Pie because I just can't stand watching him. He's just mm-hmm. unwatchable to me. I don't care mm-hmm. how smart he is, he's unwatchable. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is he come across as an arrogant prick, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's wrong about a lot of things because he says this is the only way to do it mm. or you're doing it wrong well no you're an idiot because yeah. particularly in fabrication and machinery the way you do something may change job to job mm-hmm. because the material you're using the item that you're making or the person you're making it for you know because yeah. you know like one guy said in a video I just watched this morning, look, don't blame me for this, people. I'm just making a video. This is a customer job. This is what the customer wanted. If you want to complain, complain to the customer. I'm just getting paid mm-hmm. to do this, you know. Yeah. yeah. I told the customer it's not going to work. But mm-hmm. I'm running a business, and they brought me a job, and they're going to pay me to do it the wrong way. Fine. Yep. You know, he said, by the way, last week, the same company brought me another hydraulic cylinder to do it the wrong way. And it hasn't come back yet. You know, I did one for him the wrong way six years ago, still on the machine running. Mm-hmm. Just saying, so sometimes the wrong way is better. Yeah. 
It's just like skinning a cat, right? There's more than one way to do it. Holy crap. I got, I got one of this giant murder hornets on my window. Really? We have these things, these really red hornets horn- here. They're just, yeah. they're super aggressive. Um, and I got one right on my window. I hate hornets, man. I hate them. You know, and I've never been bitten because I don't, you know, go pick fights with them. But these things will seek you out. They're just mean. Huh. Uh, and we have cow killer ants here, which are actually wasps. Uh, never even heard of them till I got here. And they, they don't terrifying. have wings. They're all women. And they want to kill you. And I'm like, well, that makes sense, actually. You know, they're so all they're female. All feminists. So. <laughs> it's a feminist convention. Oh. And you're just a normal white dude. <laughs> my, my brain is just like a uh, squirrel in a aluminum foil factory today all over the place. Um, I saw on the news yesterday on my uh, news feed. I don't know how to describe these people other than the dumbest people I've ever run across. Um, They want you to have to ask your baby, may I change your diaper? Do I have your permission? Do I have your consent? <laughs> the same group of people say there's not enough consensus with scientists and doctors in order to assign gender at birth. So quit putting male or female on the birth certificate until the child's old enough to determine its own sex. And by the way, they're not talking until like 18 Wow. Uh, no, you're stupid. There's only two genders. I don't care what your sexual preference is once you're an adult. I actually don't care. That's between you and God. Um, yeah. As long as they're, again, follow these rules, people. Alive, human, willing, an adult. Yeah. You know, follow those rules. Um, and do it in the privacy of your own home. Nobody cares but you and God. All right, yeah, figure that up, out yourself. Shut up about it. No one cares. Um, God, just get it out of people's face. There's only two genders. Yeah. I don't care what your sexual preference is. Those things actually are mutually exclusive. And once you're 25, if you want to cut your dingus off and become a woman, well, you know, there's mental health for that. There really yeah. is. So Come to Canada, you get, you get it paid for by the government. Venezuela. I'm just so. Oh, another thing that bothers me, and I don't know why, because I'm a dude, but I don't know why this bothers me. Leggings becoming so popular that women are now wearing them to church. Mm-hmm. No, they're for exercise, or they're for around mm-hmm. the house. Maybe, maybe for yard work. Maybe. Yeah. But quit yeah. wearing leggings everywhere. Oh, yeah. Now they got leggings with, like, the cell phone pockets and the legs and then this and then that. And, you know, it's we funny. Went. It's very interesting. You mentioned that, and we've been talking about coffee. I was involved with this uh, group called the Prairie Coffee Project and um, did these coffee roasting competitions. Anyways, the, the girl that kind of spearheaded the whole thing. Do you realize what your acronym was? 
PCP. Oh, there you go. What is, what's that acronym <laughs> for other things? <laughs> the Prairie Coffee Project. Yeah. Oh, my God. What else is PCP? Really? The drug no, PCP? Never heard of it. It's like acid, but way worse. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't there a rock and roll song? PCP. I'm sure there's a lot more than one, but. Yeah. I honestly have never heard of PCP in my life as a drug. Holy. That's funny. Holy. Uh, a PCP to me is a progressive conservative party who's uh, we elected in, in Alberta here, which was a grave mistake, apparently. <laughs> We've been lied to <gasps> by a politician. Anyways. Well, the first um, word is progressive. Do you really need to yeah. make conservatism progressive? Well, no, yeah. because that's actually, you know, counter to conservatism. But anyway. Yeah. So anyways, we're doing this Prairie Coffee project. And so they had, like, I was in there doing filming and photography. And they had the Western Canadian Barista Competitions. And it was awesome because, like, I'd take pictures of these things. And then, you know, they'd make all these things for the judges. And there'd be extras. And I think that day... I don't know how many I had, but multiple. It could have been 10 or 12 lattes slash espressos slash what these amazing creations. Um, but it's funny because a girl that that ran that thing, her thing on, on her social media all the time was uh, leggings are not pants, <laughs> you know, and she was she's kind of a hipster, but she always wore dresses like traditional dresses, you know, like and just, you know, normal, classy look, you know, it's nice. Right. But I, that's all one thing you could kind of tell, like after. You know, we like followed each other on social media for a while. And I was like, man, she really does not like leggings as pants. And it, it's kind of true. And it's like, yeah, you know, if you're if you're going, if you're at the gym and you're stopping off at a Starbucks and then leaving again, that's one thing. But like, I'm convinced there's some some women out there that don't own anything other than leggings. That's all they wear all the time. You know, but at church. Yeah. And it's not like there was like leggings under a dress. No, it was leggings and a t-shirt that went to the top of the legging. So she wasn't hiding anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, people. There should also be a cap on, um, you know, what size they actually make leggings in. No, if there because should be nothing, nothing with the letter X in it. <laughs> I don't unless know it's what followed directly by an S. You know. Yeah, yeah. Some of these, like, when you see somebody, like, don't even necessarily have to be heavy weight-wise, but just phenomenally out of shape. And they put these freaking tights on, and every step, there's multiple jiggles. It's and it's the thing that catches cheese. the light waves, and it flashes at you. It's like, oh, my word. It's just like watching it's a disgusting. bag of cottage cheese. You're like, ugh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that should be illegal, 100%. 100% illegal. Now, I'm also against, well, I, and I took a picture of this to and texted to Danette and my last, on one of my last doctor's appointments. I'm sitting there waiting, right? And this guy comes in, and he is just morbidly obese. And I just took a picture of him sideways because <laughs> it, not he was, you know, doing that counter lean with his elbows, so it was, you know, bent, bent frontwards about 20 degrees, you know, waiting to check in, talking to the lady behind the glass. But not only is 
the front of his gut by his belly button was hanging out the front of his T-shirt. The back <laughs> was so fat. It was hanging out of his T-shirt. And I'm like, but he had on the same shoes I wear, the same pants, the same kind of hat, and the same color shirt yeah. that I normally wear. And I and I just took a picture of it sideways, and I sent it to the net, and I said, my future, and, uh, just, you know, as a LOL. And she's like, yeah. I'm still laughing. I saw him walk in. And, uh, That's funny. But he was so fat. The <laughs> He was bent over forward, and his back was hanging out of his shirt. I'm back. like, that's just nasty. That is. <laughs> you saying that reminds me. When we used to go to Great Falls uh, as a family, like with Steph's side of the family, uh, every fall, like before Christmas, we'd go down to do shopping because, you know, there's a time when the Canadian dollar was really strong to the U.S. dollar, so it made a lot of sense to go shopping down there. And then things are cheaper anyways. You know, you could get your all your Christmas shopping done for like half as what you'd pay to do it at home. And we go down there and my, you know, Steph and I were new, fairly newly married. And then all of her siblings were like teenagers, not married yet. And, uh, that was kind of around like when like the Motorola razor started getting a decent camera on it, still no smartphones, but phones, people had phones or texting on their flip phones. And so we had these contests every time we went down, who could capture the fattest person on their phone? <laughs> and so we, we would be going around. And it was so handy then because your 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 flip phone was at an angle. So you could actually have it in a natural hand position. And the camera was pointing straight in front of you, right? Nowadays, you're holding your phone up, you know, 90 degrees to where you're taking your picture. But, uh, yeah, we'd do this thing and then we'd get together at the end of the weekend, <laughs> scroll through our photos and see who got the who got the. <laughs> biggest person on film and uh they always had an advantage because my wife's grandma always wanted to go to golden corral and i'm like dude i'm I'm not eating that crap like been there once and it's if you're in a certain mood it it could work and if you really want just a whole bunch of fried chicken that's been sitting under a heat lamp yeah give her but as far as i'd like a nice meal not happening for me and uh but naturally, you go to Golden Corral, you can find some people that are the size of livestock in a corral, you know. And so they always won because they'd go there one night and get all these bangers. It's like, wow, I got seven people that are probably at least 500 pounds. I'm like, crap, I only saw one at Walmart. But yeah, it was terrible. It's a terrible thing to do, but it was fun. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. There was a, a little diner sandwich place on the second floor above a uh, uh, a sporting goods store there in Great Falls. It was awesome. They had the best soup and sandwich, right, while we were there. And uh, we would go there. And this guy came in, and he was just fat, just fat. And I don't know how he did it. But he got into this uh, little cafe height, you know, uh, stool and table. But the tables are bolted to the floor because they're on a pedestal. But this, the yeah. stool you can move around, the uh, bar stool. Yeah. He got himself wedged between the wall and that table. <laughs> and I guess he didn't know it. And then he's eating. And now he's got that, I just ate fat belly and it's pushing against the table and he's like i can't get out <laughs> jesus god almighty oh 
That's funny. Oh, man. And, and you know, it, it's so funny. People are like, you know, like here, they close down the gyms. And it's like, oh, you, you know, you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> you could tell a smoker, hey, you shouldn't do it. It's not, it's not healthy for you. If you tell an obese person, it's like, you shouldn't eat those three donuts. It's not good for you. That's personal. You're attacking me. You know, it's, it's almost like a hate crime, you know. But, you know, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. And it's it's interesting because, like, I'm, I'm trying to get back in shape. And I've gotten into, like, I used to always be in phenomenal shape. And then, you know, you hit 40. You're, you're middle-aged and you're not active like you were when you are younger and stuff. And it's like, I can see, you know, people that have, like, I'm not obese. I'm not in great shape, but I'm not fat by any stretch. Right. Um, but I can see just uh, where I am now, like food is so good. Food is like, I love it, you know? And man, I, I think that obesity, like I, I know it's a huge health problem, but I think it would be really, really hard for some people. I could see that. And I'm not even a person that's there yet. Right. And I don't ever want to be there yet. So I try to be active and stuff, but even just trying, you know, to, you know, to try and keep my uh, spare tire small, right? Or, man, it's insane how much work it is. And it's insane how, you know, how easy it is just to be like, nah, let, let's just eat a little bit more. Like, my appetite is never satisfied. Um, well, it's guess, all man. willpower. That's all it is because I, I've talked to doctors and none of them, none of them can come up with a medical condition that causes calories to just be sucked in from the universe into your body. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean so you that have to actually right eat to gain weight, right? Yeah. And while there yeah. might be some medical conditions that cause your body to hold on to fat more than someone else's body would, if you don't put it in your fat gob, your body won't have it to keep. Is that correct? Well, yeah, but shut up. Um, people, you know, fat's a choice, just like alcoholism or drug addiction. Every time you do Mm -hmm. fucking put a donut in your face and this is coming from a fat guy. So shut up people. Um, you know, I was, uh, so skinny growing up that people thought I, well, I was emaciated, but people thought I was a alien. You know, I was so skinny. I had to get a minimum weight waiver to join the air force at the age of 19. Huh. Really hurt my back twice. The second time I hurt it, I couldn't move for almost a year. Well, half a year. I couldn't hardly move, literally couldn't move. And, you know, my body metabolism got bent out of shape then. And I hold on to fat a lot more. Well, I'll own it. I eat my feelings. I eat my emotions. I got depressed when I couldn't walk. And I ate. And now I'm 50 pounds too heavy, 60 pounds too heavy, depending on what doctor I talk to. But it, I know mm-hmm. I put every one of those pounds into my fat gob. I don't blame mm-hmm. nobody. I don't blame any manufacturers. It's just me. Mm-hmm. You can't tell I'm passionate yeah. about this subject. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, true. Addiction people piss me off because it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's a hard choice yeah. for a lot of people. It's almost an impossible choice. Well, it is an impossible choice for some people because they're that weak. But that's what it is. 
people, let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. Because yep. we can't get them the help they need. We can't get them to seek the help they need until you start being honest with them. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to make myself better until I know I failed at something, right? Because mm-hmm. if you yeah. think you're succeeding or that it's not your fault, well, what's the point in trying to get better? Because it's not my fault. No, yeah. it is your fault, stupid. Get better. You know, when people mm-hmm. started saying that to me, I got better. Or, you know, yeah. trying my best. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's interesting, like, um, I don't know, I, I think, like, uh, the healthiest weight I've been as an adult was 185. And I, I say that because that's when I was, like, in the best condition I've been. And that was, like, the day of a marathon, one of the marathons I've ran. And so, okay, so that's me at this height. That's pretty lean. I mean, that's not a lot of muscle. That's ready. That's kind of like six months of training for a marathon. And I think now what I'm six two. Yeah. So, so that's a little maybe on the ski. Yeah, maybe, you know, like bulk up a little bit more. But I think probably a healthy weight for me if I was doing a, a, a weight program and then also cardio and stuff would be around 200 pounds, 205, right? Like I don't want to be a skinny. I don't want to be a marathoner because <laughs> those people can't do real hard work. Uh, they train for a very specific task, but you know, I'd like to be able to run a half marathon, maybe a full marathon, and then also be able to to do decently well in in the gym with heavy weight, you know, rolled tractor tires, stuff like that. But um, and so like we always were, we ate healthy. Like we're not McDonald's people. Uh, we're not like you know, hungry man TV trade dinners, like prepackaged, prepared food. Like my wife cooks at home and and that in itself will make a huge difference, right? Like if you just prepare your own food, you go, okay, I want some, I want chicken Caesar salad. Well, go buy some lettuce. Even if you have to, just go buy the dressing and then go buy chicken breast, roast it in your oven, a little salt, pepper, whatever on it. You know, that's much healthier than just being like grabbing this pre-made thing or, you know, people are like, let's go to Wendy's and get a salad. That'll be, that'll be healthy. But so we weren't unhealthy, but we're trying to eat more healthy. And when you start looking at calories per, per serving size, it's amazing how much food, like if you go for like a, prepare it yourself and just do like a oil and a vinaigrette dressing on like a cob salad or something. My word, I could eat till I'm like full and I can't put anything more in my face. And that includes having like a hard boiled egg or two cut up on there, um, you know, some cheese in there, croutons. You can have this massive plate of food and it'll be like 300 calories, right? And it's like, I have like an average size bowl of chips that I eat when I'm watching TV and that's 300 calories. And I'm, I have to be like, oh, I'm not going to go get more because I want more, you know? And the other thing we've noticed, so, so we're starting to really pay attention to the food we eat and then to eat better. But my word, is it ever expensive? And I, I've always heard that, oh, it's, you know, poor people are always fatter. And I'm like, that's a cop out. No, I, I truly do realize that the fact of the matter is if you want to eat healthy, it will cost you twice as much as just eating crap food. I guarantee maybe three times as much, at least where we live. And it's like a, you, it takes longer. It's a pain in the butt. It, it, mm-hmm. It's a, it's work, uh, expensive yeah. work to eat healthy. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> and at first I thought it wasn't as good. I was like, ah, whatever, I'll settle for this. But man, you can have some really incredibly delicious food 
that's healthy. And it's like, okay, so see this thing we're having for dinner? Like little things, like looking at which part of your meal is super calorie dense. There's some foods that are healthy for you, but they're very calorie dense, right? So it's like, okay, well, maybe that have a little bit or like have half of what you would and then fill up on this. This food here has like celery, for an example. I don't like celery. Do not like it. But it's technically a negative calorie food. You will burn more calories just processing that, you know, because it takes a lot of work for your stomach than you will gain from the food itself. Yeah. And I'm not saying like go eat celery because I hate celery. I'll never eat celery unless it's got peanut butter and raisins on it. But that's an example of this food has no, this will, this will cost you. You'll actually burn energy eating this food. And then there's some things where it's like you can eat this thing and it's super small and you're going to get like a 405, like uh, some of these like deli meats that I love, these little tiny pepperoni sticks, like one little six inch long pepperoni stick. It's got like 240 calories. I'm like, holy crap, like 10 of those in a day. And I've already over what I should be eating as a healthy person. And I can slam six or eight of those down for a snack, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting, like, but but if you want to get with the stuff that's not super dense in calories, man, it's expensive. And if you want something that's that, one thing uh, is healthy for you, it's one of those alleged superfoods. It has a lot of calories in it, but they're almost benign because it's healthier for you than the calories are bad for you. Eat an avocado. Yeah. I love and avocados. I, I was a... I wasn't, you know, I, I never ate avocado for some reason until I was in my 40s. I mean, I love it, but it's, I can't just eat an avocado. It has to be on something or with something. And, but then the with something is, you know, not good for you. You ever have avocado toast like a hipster? No. It's good. I do it for breakfast sometimes. Apparently, it's like the trendiest thing for these millennials, so I'm kind of embarrassed to do it. But just toasty bread. I like I like white bread. Toast it, a little bit of butter on there, and then put some sliced avocado on for breakfast. Oh my now, word! It is, and then I have sprinkled with a little salt. This. I've made my own. Um, it's a no need bread recipe, and you can make it white wheat, walnut, whatever. Right? Uh, There's no need for that. Well, no, I mean, it's so easy to do, and it's the yeah. best bread I've ever had. Anyway, I took an avocado um, that's very ripe and make yeah. a paste out of it. Instead of just putting a sliced on toast, I make a spread out of it with a tiny bit of yeah. no salt or low sodium uh, taco seasoning. Yeah. Mm, That'd be good. That was good. That'd be good. And yeah. then I have it with like a one egg. And it's yeah. almost like a fake breakfast burrito. Yeah, I love breakfast burritos. Okay, oh, so I have God. another theory about, about food and health. And, and this is something, I, it's no basis. This is just my personal opinion. And I don't even know how strongly I believe it, but this is an idea I have. I honestly wonder if we sometimes forget our ancestry and how that affects you. Because you look at people, cultures from all over the world and their different diets, like Italians are like the carb month, right? And and by a lot of standards, people look at Italian diet like, okay, pastas, cheeses, oils, that's, oh, that's so unhealthy. But from a uh, cardio standpoint, they're one of the healthiest nations. Like they have the least heart attacks. And then you look at like 
you know, Eastern Europeans or Russians, um, you know, a lot of sausages, cured meats, uh, salts, pierogies, um, tons of potatoes, not a lot of greens in their diet, right? And that's that's where I came from. Like, if I was to go to my grandma's house for dinner, it's going to be like each device, like farmer's sausage, pierogies. Uh, there might be a salad, but it'll be a coleslaw, <laughs> which is just smothered, right? And a lot of heavy, dense foods. But the thing is, there's people groups there that, okay, maybe they might not have six packs all the time, but, you know, they live a long time, man. You got these old 90-year-old, 100-year-old babushkas that are tough as nails. And I sometimes wonder, you know, say, say if I come from that and I go, I'm going strictly Thai. Well, that is a totally different cuisine. You know what I mean? And I wonder how much of like our, our DNA, uh, part of who I am, my physical body, part of that is associated or affiliated or, or it came from, you know, my ancestors. And, you know, bodies adopt, uh, they kind of adapt to their uh, surroundings, their environment. You know, that's, you know, like Mongolians look like Mongolians because... Their skin gets leathery, their 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 eyes get smaller because, you know, and then people from the tropics, they look like people from the tropics. And it's... I'm 100% you know what with I mean? you. Like, um, the regional dietary things over hundreds of years, that's what your body can become accustomed to. And if you take a group of Mongolians and you put them in Minnesota they're not going to fare very well the on the second and third generation health-wise. They're just not. Mm-hmm. You know, you take, we- for instance, plain, Great Plains Indians, and then you change their diet. You look at them now compared to then. You know, they've done a lot of studies on the Great Plains uh, Native Americans, uh, their tribes. Well, not just Native Americans, but, you know, uh, Indians from Canada down to Mexico that did the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bison was their primary protein. Uh, they had limited green, and they lived healthy, old lives. And we killed off the bison and made them eat other things. And, you know, they've had... You know, cancer, diabetes, blah, 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 blah. And so mm-hmm. I believe that that study alone proves, you know, regional dietary needs and mm-hmm. the benefits and effects of changing that. Yeah. And, and actually along those lines, my wife and I were talking about this with the kids last night at the dinner table. Um, there's a, because they were talking about the Outback and because we we're actually talking about my DR650 and how they called a bush pig and we were talking about Australia and then they asked if there's like the old aboriginals, aborigines and those indigenous people and and then my wife mentioned she just read this study about these people that were one of the last people that that stayed out there, right? That that clung to their traditional ways and there's their children kind of went into, you know, the cities in Australia and kind of adopted modern life and at young ages, like in their early 20s, they all developed uh, diabetes. Uh, some of them were getting some cancer and they, like their health was just phenomenal, like just destroyed. And so their doctors couldn't figure out, they said, we don't know what's wrong, like everything about you looks healthy, but you're getting all these health complications, these problems. 
And so I said, why don't you try going back home and living your traditional lifestyle and eating your traditional diet? And within six months, they went back for a checkup. Every single one of their conditions was gone. Every single one. And it's been a real eye-opener to these doctors. Like, wow. Because because of the fact that their traditional diet, the way they lived, was so different than modern days, right? Like we get three three squares a day. You know, you get your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. You got snacks here and blah, 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 blah. Whereas what they ate, sometimes they'd go days without food and then they'd get something or, you know, it was very, very different lifestyle and the way they ate. And that radical change going from normal to modern had a huge effect. And then going back, it's what their body was used to. So their body said, oh, okay, cool. That's it. And I think that, you know, in, in today's health and fitness movement, you know, every, there's always trends and fads and it's okay. You got to go low carb. You got to go vegan or you no, never mind. That's never a trend. That's just stupid. But paleo, now we need to go whatever that, it's not quite paleo, but uh, keto and all these hoopo, and it's like nobody ever says, hey, maybe look at what traditionally what your ancestors ate. You know, if you're Japanese, maybe to be the healthiest you can be, you should have a fairly uh, Japanese-influenced diet, whatever that may be. You know, if you're from Ukraine, you need to have a lot of sausages, you know, and, and pierogies. And I don't know. It, it's interesting because that, that is never spoken about. But it's always like, oh, this is the new craze. Salt is so bad for you. Well, no, salt causes heart attacks. And now it's sugar causes heart attacks. And now it's this. And it's all these trends and crazes. And it's like, well, you know, exercise, you need to move your body. I think that's universally accepted as a good health practice that if you want to be healthy, you need to move. But after that, you know, don't eat too much. doesn't matter where you're from. If you're Japanese and you just chowed down and had three plates of, you know, Japanese food, whatever that is every day, you're going to get fat. So eat moderation. But I think those other health things, it's like, what, what did your grandparents eat? What's the traditional food from where you came from? Because we all did come from somewhere. I know we're all getting mixed together and you know, these different, uh, but ultimately you have an ancestry, you know, like I'm Russian and, and German and, and a little bit of British, but you know, I don't know. It is interesting. Cause I, I look at my grandmother and, and she's eaten very traditional, like, uh, German slash Russian, very, very fatty foods. Like when she has like, like there's always oil when she does meatballs, there's always like a thick layer of oil in the pan when we're done. And fat but she's I don't know how old she's she's like 93 she was in a car accident when she was in her 40s I think and was absolutely sedentary since then she's like she's probably at least 100 150 pounds overweight but she's she hasn't had a heart attack she's like 90 some years old doesn't do anything she doesn't smoke or drink or anything she drinks a boatload of coffee mentally she's going but her body is healthy you know, it's just weird. When I look at her, I'm like, you defy the odds, grandma. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're really quite large. You don't do anything and you eat a lot of food. And, you know, it, it's, you got these young guys that are 50 years old running marathons and have a heart attack. I don't know. That's part of the reason I wonder how important that is. Our historical diet is to our health. But I think it's very important. I think moderation is important. Yeah. You know, don't. Don't overeat, don't overexercise, and don't just don't just run, don't just weight lift, don't and for God's sake, whatever you do, don't do CrossFit. 
Cross feathers for man buns. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's an interesting podcast. I like um, Chasing Excellence, and it's all based on CrossFit. It's actually really, really fascinating. They, they talk about it's. A, I think you might like it. There, there's a. You should just try it. They're really short ones. There's two two guys, and one of them is all kind of like the host who asks the other guy all the questions, sort of. And the other guy's he's got an elite CrossFit team or something. Um, but yeah, no, that's an interesting one. Well, I I don't know what the I don't know what his name is, and he was a Navy SEAL, and Jocko. No, uh, he knows him, but he's not mean uh, and wants to kill everybody he meets, like Jocko. But he's uh, not like that. Jocko's a teddy bear. Absolutely not. You know, if you're just gonna have fun and roll uh, jujitsu with your best friend and then break his arm because you can, you're not a nice man. Uh, <laughs> you don't like Jocko? Well, I think he's funny, but. Uh, I, I think if you're just, if you and I knew Brazilian jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and we're just at my house having a couple of beers or cooking out and you're like, Hey, you want to roll real quick? Show, show the family what jiu-jitsu is all about. You're just rolling with a buddy. You're not even sparring and you break his arm cause you can. You're an asshole. Sorry. But yeah. But I was wondering what it, really happened. And his you're friend like, said, Oh, it must've been an accident. And Yako was like, no, I did it because I could. Hmm. It, it just, you know, came over me and I felt like it. Oh, <laughs> you're a jerk. But uh, anyway, this, this other Navy SEAL guy uh, was like really trying to, he was on a mission for a while, trying to say how just stupid and CrossFit is, and all it's going to do is make you look a certain way, but you're not going to have any skill whatsoever when it comes to um, sport, fitness, strength, anything, right? And he was just decimating these CrossFit guys in anything, you know, from rock climbing to uh, lumberjack. They would both pick something neither one has ever done. Mm-hmm. And that based on the skills you think you need to do this task, like chopping a log in half. Oh, CrossFit looks like it's going to prepare you for that. Right. And he would just Mm -hmm. decimate these people. Um, when everything he did, these CrossFit guys were getting hurt left and right. Uh, it was just hilarious, but, but could that be him? Could he be like, and could it be, that he's just picking guys that would be wimps no matter what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't you know. know. Listening to it. Like, I don't know. Like I, I think CrossFit, I think it's good to me. It all looks very functional, right? Like you're not just sitting there doing bicep curls while you look at your bicep and you look in the mirror and then you take a snap on your phone of you doing bicep curls, like it, like tire rolling. Like that's a pretty freaking practical thing. Like carrying a log on your shoulder um, you know, it's, to me, it's very functional fitness and a lot of it looks like doing work. Like they got hammer smashes, right? They take the sledgehammer and smash the tire a whole bunch of times. That's an awful no, I, lot like I, pounding railroad tracks. I agree with you. Um, and Larry Vickers does CrossFit, but he does, you know, he uses a <clears throat> tractor tire. I mean, a, a, not a farm tractor, uh, uh, 
earth moving tractor, right? So it's a substantial tire. He's, mm-hmm. He uses a um, 21 or 22 pound hammer. Uh, you know, so even as an older guy, he's actually doing things that they themselves are take effort, right? Yeah. And I see some guys on Instagram or YouTube doing CrossFit with, I call them kids' toys, but you know, like a, yeah, yeah, a truck yeah. tire. Really, dude? Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Stop it. I think the thing I think that is the most dangerous about CrossFit are the, the negative things that people go too hard and it's injury prone. And, you know, even CrossFit won't deny that, that a lot of people get hurt. But that's because, you know, it's in a competitive setting. Uh, you go to your box and, and, you know, they got like leaderboards and stuff like this. You can ring a bell when you set a new PR. And so they kind of set up this hype where I think, I think a lot of people that do CrossFit, they, they see improvements in the beginning. They're, they're getting stronger. And then I think that they give in to their emotions and their ego a little bit and go a little beyond what they should have. Right. And I guess I think CrossFit personally is fantastic, but I think its main downfall is that it's very, very injury prone. And I think it's tainted by that. And then also there's that old scandal uh, that (laughs) that they went through, you know. But yeah, there you go. This is uh, sound health advice from two medical professionals. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think... The uh, opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the actual host. (laughs) (laughs) Or anybody else. They're they're fully factual. Take them to the bank. Yeah. Now, if you voted for for Biden, take everything I say as fact and go do it with no safety equipment whatsoever. (laughs) You'll be fine. That's right. Yeah. Oh, dear, hey? You know, if you believe, and and you've got children, right? And each one of them has their own personality. And each one of them has had their own personality in development since birth. And everyone who has kids should know this, what I'm about to say. It's no slight on mom or dad, but every Parent, every kid has a favorite parent or adult guardian or whatever for certain things. Like mom cooks better than dad or dad cooks better than mom. Mm-hmm. Dad's more fun at bath time or play, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Dad's if you have to ask your kid, do you want me to change you? Is it okay if I change your diaper? They're going to say no just to be contrary. Kids are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Like, just wow. And you know what? The one thing is, the, the thing that is scary, in, in my opinion, is that that whole idea is actually not overly radical now because parents, modern parents, you know, I, I don't know how many, I, w- I want to say by and large, but that might not be quite what it is, but they have forgotten the fact that they are a parent and they have a child. Right. And their job is to be the, the child's parent, not their best friend. Oh, God, I hate just, that. I hate it. Yeah. Your yeah. job it, it's as like, a parent, 
Well, okay, depending on your beliefs, we'll go with mine. As a Christian, your job is to find someone of the opposite sex, get married, and procreate. And then, um, to the best of your ability, prepare that newborn to enter adulthood in 16 or 18 years. Yeah. As a productive member of society, that's your job. Mm-hmm. It's not to be a friend. In fact, that can harm a kid in the long run. It will harm a kid. And you, know, you can, at, my... <clears throat> at the age of 18 or 21, whatever your belief is, reintroduce yourself to your kid and go, okay, now I can be your friend. Mm-hmm. And but you not know for what? everything. The, the, you know? Yeah, but you know, the the if you stick to being the parent sooner right away the time when you get to be the friend comes earlier because your kids are learning they're they're smart they're respectable like so i've got a sister-in-law who her whole philosophy with their first kid was to never say no because they don't want negative words and so all the while we're at family get together and he spits at her and she goes mommy doesn't like that and he spits at her again he won't say no he won't discipline there's no negative ways to correct the behavior because that's too well I'm sorry, if, if there's a hot stove and I stick my hand on it, can I do that as a little kid without a negative experience? Of course not. Anything that is absolutely you should not do is going to cause pain. So why don't we say, hey, no, don't do that. And then discipline, right? So that, oh, if I do something bad, there's actually a bad consequence to it that I would rather avoid in the future. But instead, I can do whatever the hell I want. Nothing happens to me. And so he's kicking her, punching her, and she's like, she wants to try to say no without saying the word no. And I'm like, I don't want to nigga. And oh, it's funny. They have another kid now, and I've seen her once is at a funeral uh, when they're allowed to have funerals. It's kind of in a little window of opportunity where Canadians were allowed to be human beings because of the COVID sniffles. Um, okay, you could die now. And yep. And she was, uh, anyways, at this funeral. We didn't talk to her or anything like that, but she was hard to handle, like all moving around. You know, all of our kids from the time they were born sat through church service every single Sunday, and they were quiet. Now, they weren't always perfect. There'd be times when, you know what, they had it. We'd take them out, but the the majority of the time, I mean, the, the thing is the kid was being mad and was freaking out because they didn't want to color. Well, when they went outside, they learned quickly that a negative experience happens when you do that. And then when we come back in, they're like, I don't want to color, but I don't want what happens when I start screaming about it. So they learn. And uh, it was funny because my, my father-in-law put on Facebook, happy birthday to this girl. And he kind of worded it as like, well, she's definitely your own person and, and will beat to no drum but her own. We love you. And I'm like, so basically very kindly said, this is a brat. <laughs> like she's a little brat. And I'm like, if she's two years old and she's this horrible, Wow, what a great teenager. <laughs> like they are they don't know it, but they are just going to have the most craptastic time at, with teenagers because their kids don't understand who the parents are. And they don't understand like no means no. No, you can't go out with those friends tonight. No, you can't stay out all night long. You have to be at home by 10. No, I don't. No, you can't. You've never made me do anything before. You know. Right? And it's just like golly. And you you discipline your kids, do you lay down the rules? They realize, okay, mom and dad have these rules. They're the parent, they're the boss. Boom 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 boom. If you do it and you do it well out of love, and this is a very difficult thing because a lot of people just get mad when the kids do something right and they, they hit them, and that, that's not right. That's, that's abuse, right? That's taking out your anger on a child. But 
there's certain ways that you can, and it doesn't, not even talking relation to like spankings, right? But any discipline, if your kid does something really terrible, like, I don't know, paint over your carpet and you've got like, sometimes kids do things and it costs you thousands of dollars to fix it. Those times you need to walk away, realize, okay, this is literally a very tiny human being. They did something wrong. We need to do this, but I need to chill out so that you can do it out of good judgment, right? You've got a clear mind, not never, ever discipline out of anger. But then when your kids are 12 years old, wow, you know what? I don't have issues with my kids. Like I've got great kids and you know what? They know what's expected of them. They know what's right, what's wrong. They know what's acceptable. And that's not to say that we don't harp on them still. I mean, you know, some of my kids still sit down and they'll like try and inhale their entire plate of food. And it's like, slow down. And we have to say, okay, here's the rule for you. You've got to put your spoon down or your fork down between every bite. But the thing is, we're not, we're not uh, with them all the time, right? We're friends now. We can hang out together. And, you know, when we're in the kitchen or, or in the living room watching movies and it's like, hey, would you like some popcorn? Sure. I'll make everybody popcorn. And their kids volunteer that because we all get along. We have fun because they understand how things work, you know, and it's. I, I wish if people would realize that the sooner and the better you discipline your children as the child rearing process goes, as it should go, the sooner you get to just have really cool kids. And it happens even younger. You know, when your kids know that when they go to a grocery store and if they ask for a chocolate bar and if you say no, they're not going to get it. Cool. They're not going to lay on the thing and scream. And the mom's not going to have to like literally carry this limp body that's trying to be stiff and difficult. Like I've seen kids, they're just brilliant contortionists when they don't want to be picked up or if they want to make it really hard for mom to drag them out of the store. <laughs> Some of oh, the yeah, things they do, you know, they put their legs out and they hook their feet. Oh, it's just, wow. And it's, it's a choice. People choose to live that life. I'm like, you guys are so, I watch this and I'm like, I would never live that life. Oh, and it's just not dumb. them. They're inflicting that on society. Yeah, we have to put up with that stupid little snot. Like I would walk up to that kid and just smack it if there weren't security cameras. Ugh. I mean, because there are children that need uh, a more firm hand, and then there are children mm -hmm. that just need a good talking to. Yep, that's just a fact of life. It's a part of our personalities. I needed children to, that need. I needed to be caned every once in a while. I know that. Um, yeah. I could not have raised me without a belt. I just couldn't. Um, I yeah. know me. Um, yeah. Uh, I know kids that, you know, I was part of their growing up and uh, all she needed was a talking to. Hey, mm -hmm. look, you know, you did this thing. It didn't make me happy. Um, it made me sad. And then that she understood what that meant. And she was didn't want me to be sad and was devastated that she had made me sad. And so she mm -hmm. never did that again. Exactly. Yeah, it's different for everyone, isn't it? It is. I mean, and you can't, there's no book on child rearing that's good for every kid because every kid is different. Every person is different. Mm -hmm. And I, I I, talked to somebody uh, a couple of years ago that was, uh, got married and was on, on her way to having her first child, and she was just frightened because she didn't like the way she was raised, and she was afraid because she didn't know how to raise a kid. I said, you're very logical minded. So look at raising your child 
like you're hiring a new employee. Because mm-hmm. you don't spank an employee. What do you do? You teach them. You train mm-hmm. them. They do something that you don't like or it's against the regulations. You put them in retraining. So that's what you do. And then yep. the only problem is you can't fire your kid. Um, but if it comes to that point in this, you know, uh, uh, parallelism, instead of you can't fire your kid, but maybe if it comes to that point, if it was an employee, that's time where they need a little bit of a spanking. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Um, turns out she had a little angel that is, you know, she was born with the mentality of a 60-year-old, very lucky, but. Yep. You know, they're I all, think her all next one's like, going to be a serial killer. But. Yeah. You know, like, like man, so we've got four kids, and, I, you know, some of them, you look at them, like when Ava was a little girl, like toddler and stuff, if she did something, I said, Ava, you can't do that. She would look at me, and her eyes would tear, and just start bawling. Right, like just crushed her soul that I wasn't happy with her. Yeah, and then like my other son Isaiah, like he would do something wrong. He's like, you can't do that. He's like, he would just give you, and it looked like this, just like absolute defiance. And even if you disciplined him, he'd still look at you like in his mind. You'd think he's saying, "I'll do it again any day." You know, it's like two different. It's incredible, and even with the boys, like you know, I've got three boys. Every one of them's different. Uh, you know, some are way more stubborn, strong-willed, some are compliant and same household, same rules, same set of expectations. It's the personality thing. And you're right. There is no book on raising kids, but there are some great books on different types of, you know, there's a book called The Strong-Willed Child by Dr. Dobson. And if you have a strong-willed child, that's a great book. And that's a very good loose term for certain kids. And then you know, the kids that are compliant, you don't need a book on them because if you just say, oh, no, we're not going to color on the walls, they'll go, oh, okay. And they're fine with that. And they won't ever color on the walls again, you know, but ultimately if it's done right, it's a, it's, it's a great reward. And I always feel bad, like annoyed at a supermarket when some kid's just being an absolute shit. And I also feel bad for those parents because I'm like, I don't, I wonder, and I guess I can't speak to this because I don't know. But I wonder if they have the same good times with the kids that we have, right? Like, you know, your your little kid, even though he's bad and you discipline him and stuff, there's the love between you. And then because you're not always angry at them all the time, they haven't totally pissed you off. It's not like you're just going to go to your room and say, I'm going to my room and lock the door, watch cartoons, kids. Like, you actually got to do things together because you don't hate your kid. Your kid hasn't, like, every time you go to the grocery store, it's not, not somewhere you pull your hair out because your kid's embarrassing you. It's like, yeah. That was fun. You know, we went to the grocery store. Hey, why don't we stop at the park on the way home? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if if they miss out on that stuff. I, I guess I can't speak to it. I'm not a child psychologist, but uh, maybe we are. Hey, here we go. Child well, ring advice from two child psychologists. The more leeway well you give professionals. A, well, the more leeway you give a stubborn child, that's what they become. Yeah. You know, because if you give uh, a child that's one of those, that they just don't get it, you know, like Bart Simpson in the cookie jar, you know, bzz, ow, bzz, ow, bzz, you know, I just couldn't understand that just because you want a cookie, every time you touch it, you're still going to get a shock and, and just yeah. couldn't get the, through his thick skull, you know, there are kids out there yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But 
Right on. Whatever. Yep. Well, this is interesting. I gotta I gotta get cruising here soon. But um this is a bit of a longer recording that we've had. Usually we always talk this long, but we don't record the whole thing, so it's good. Yeah. Any, anything you want to wrap up with, Todd? Uh, yeah, I'd like to promote my new business, uh, Todd's Spanking Service. Uh, if you have a little <laughs> brat, just give me a call. <laughs> the, the next step is to create Todd's Spankinator so that it's just a little machine. You can have just a little hydraulic cylinder or a little air cylinder. <laughs> And you can have different level settings, but then it can remove the the difficulty of spanking. So you basically just strap your kid to it. And then on the dial, it'll say, what did you do? Ate a cookie when you shouldn't have or burnt down the house? You I'm just sorry, that would increase. I have thought about creating that, but it's there's too much room for misuse by, you know, bad little mommies. But, uh... <laughs> That's right, yeah. Todd's Spankinator, 2000. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, you know, when we were thinking, I had a recommendation to a couple of them that I wanted to send, but I, oh, yeah, Art of, I've mentioned it here before, but do you listen to the Order of Man podcast? I do now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've listened to them. Some are better than others, but there's a couple that I listened to. I was a little bit behind. I listened to a few this week that were like, good. I'm like, man, this is some good stuff. And it, I, when you were talking about the silent majority being silent, how we need to speak up. He says the exact same thing, you know, and it's, and the way he said it is very passionately. Like, so I recommend folks listening. Uh, if you're one, another great podcast, uh, order of man, check that out. Any final words, Todd? Um, I think a good final word would be, uh, goodbye. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks a lot for listening guys.